What's up, everybody? Sunday, January 8th. It's around 2.30. I just wrapped up with Tucker Holloway. He was fantastic. Really enjoyed chatting with him. Stick around. That's coming up in the second half or maybe like the – in a couple minutes. In a couple minutes. The pre-roll won't be that long. Uh, this is the Sons of Saturday. Sons of Saturday are brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy where you are not just a number. You are a neighbor. Head on down there for any of your prescription needs and your medication needs, household needs, uh, personal care needs, anything. Uh, just your local pharmacy, support local business. Jeremy, we appreciate you, and thank you for all that you do for us in the Blacksburg community and Virginia Tech as a whole. 2022 was a fantastic year. Appreciate everybody who contributed to making it a great year. We saw historical performances on the court, on the field, on the mat, on the baseball diamond, and the softball diamond. Uh, it was a great year for Virginia Tech. It was a great year for Sons of Saturday as well. Um, really, really enjoyed getting to work, uh, with the Queens of Castle, with the Upper 90 podcast, Justin Mutz's podcast. We have some awesome ones also coming up here later on this year. The Hokie Hoops podcast is being taped this afternoon. I just want to share a couple of quick thoughts, um, after Virginia Tech did fall to NC State. If it wasn't already clear before, Hunter Couture is crucially important to this team's success, not just from a scoring standpoint, but... Simply having another trusted body to put on the court. Um, we also don't know what's going on with Rodney Rice, but those two are obviously extremely important to get back on the court for this team to um, get things back on track. Again, Ed and Mike will cover this in depth, but it's really kind of hard to see anything improving until Zero gets back and we get some uh, relief at the point guard position. But aside from that, like our offense is just really struggling in general. Um, you're seeing a lot more isolation, a little bit less movement. Um, so I do want to point over though, to a bright spot, Melijah Poteet and Lynn Kidd have played really, really well during this slide. Um, Poteet is also a phenomenal free throw shooter. I want to give him his props there. Um, but Lynn Kidd scored 14 points in 14 minutes last night on seven of eight shooting with five rebounds. Um, so, you know, crucial time for the Hokies to bounce back, get healthy. And, um, you know, we did a great job in non-con buying us some wiggle room here, but we've just about lost all of that wiggle room with the last three weeks. Um, and need to find a way to get back on board here. The ladies had a huge bounce back win versus 13th ranked Carolina at home after dropping two out of three versus Notre Dame and Clemson. And then went on to beat UVA at Castle without Liz Kitley. She twisted her ankle in pregame warmups. They are currently tied or, or barely losing to Miami with about four minutes left. So when I'm done with this, I'm going to go run and watch the end of that game. Um, but wishing them nothing but the best. One more thing. Uh, Hokies Wrestling took on 12th ranked Cornell at the Moss Arts Center where they lost 12 to 22. But Sam Latona notched a win over the third ranked wrestler in the nation. Vito Arujao. Maybe that's pronounced right. Maybe it isn't. Um, but a huge win, huge, huge win for Sam Latona, and the Hokies will look to bounce back against George Mason next. Before we wrap up, I want to shout out another sponsor that has just joined the Sons of Saturday family, and that is Harvey's Chevrolet Buick, located on 1500 Tyler Avenue in Radford. They are the best spot for your new and used car needs, and any services that you need to be have done as well. Listen, I know there are some students out there or maybe some adults who have not gotten an oil change in 3,000, 4,000 miles. Jackson, 
Come here. Come here. Come here. We're bringing over our native truck aficionado who is going to tell you what you need to do. Jackson, come here. Come here. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. How often does one need to get an oil change? Every 3K. Every 3K. So if you're running your car and you haven't done that, get it done. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What are what could potentially go wrong if you do not get an oil change every 3,000 miles? Ring failure. Ring failure. Bearing failure. Bearing failure. Lifter failure. Lifter failure. Camshaft warping. Camshaft warping. Give, give There's one like... It's like a list that an endless list of problems if you don't get your oil changed. So please head on down to Harvey Chevrolet Buick. Let them know Sons of Saturday sent you. If you're looking for a car, you're looking for service, looking to get your tires rotated, you can get it all done at Harvey's Chevrolet Buick. We have some awesome things coming up in 2023. We're really excited about it. Stay tuned. Thank you all who made 2022 special, whether you were a guest, whether you were a listener, whether you're someone we ran into in Blacksburg or at a road game. It's been a ton of fun doing this thing. It's been a ton of fun covering the school that we love. And uh, we have some awesome, awesome things coming up in 2023. 2023, the year where Virginia Tech is playing a game at Rutgers. And if you don't think we are blowing it out with the tailgate and everything else, you are mistaken, my friend. So get ready for that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass it over to Tucker Holloway. And uh, I hope everybody had a wonderful and relaxing New year, and we're looking forward to 2023. Let's talk to Tucker Holloway. January 8th, it's 1.36. First, is this the first? Second interview of the new year so far. First interview with football. I am joined today by, by Tucker Holloway. Tucker is a freshman wide receiver and return specialist from Andrews, North Carolina. He just wrapped up his freshman year in which he set the Virginia Tech program record for single game punt return yardage versus Georgia Tech. He had 188 yards that day on just seven returns. He was named to PFF's All-ACC First Team as a return specialist in this season. He averaged 21.2 yards per return. Tucker, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing great. Hey, it's, it's great to be on. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. So are you back? Are you back in Andrews now? Are you in Blacksburg? What, what's been the What's been like the holidays and how, how have you been doing all of that? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've been I've been in Andrews for a while. Um, you know, just spending time with my family, enjoying the break we got, um, just working out, relaxing, training hard. Uh, I'll be headed back to Blacksburg this week. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. Um, home's been great. It's been a great break. Been good to spend time with my family. But, um, you know, I'm excited to be back, get to work. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your journey to Virginia Tech. Uh, the top offers, if you go ahead and you look at the 24-7, you see Vanderbilt on there. You see Iowa State on there. You see all three service academies. So we got, we got a smarty pants here on the podcast. Uh, shout out. My brother went to Navy. Um, you committed to Virginia Tech on July 3rd, 2021, and signed in, on December 15th. What ultimately led you to commit and sign at Virginia Tech over those other options? Yeah. Um, 
so I think for me and a lot of the the, the recruits in our class, uh, it was kind of a, a roller coaster of a recruiting process just with, you know, um, I committed to Fuente and his staff and then, um, you know, they got fired mid-season. And so it kind of threw everything into a spiral uh, because, you know, when they got fired, there was a few weeks that I could kind of talk to to whenever coach coach Fry got hired, I got to, you know, have a few weeks to be able to talk to him and, um, and, and, you know, try to see if they still wanted me the same as the old coaching staff and, um, just see where that was headed. But, uh, you know, like I said, I committed and, uh, and like July, that was my plan all along was to commit in July. Um, and it was between really Virginia tech and Iowa state. Those are my two top schools. And, um, it felt like at the end of the day, the the love that I received from the fans and, and just the people, the teammates, um, you know, at Tech, it felt like home. Uh, you know, you'll hear it say that all the time, like this is home. And and it's true. Like it, it felt like it felt like if I wasn't gonna be playing football, like I could attend this school, I could go here. Uh I felt like I I belonged at tech as a not just an athlete, but as a person as well. Um and so, you know, I committed, was locked in. Uh, and then midseason when the coaches got fired, uh, I never decommitted, but, you know, I, I talked to some other schools because that was, you know, the smart thing to do. Um, I didn't know what the situation would be, whether they would um, stay true to our offers and everything like that. So I did end up talking to a few schools down the stretch. Like I, I went on a visit to Vandy and I talked to Tennessee some, um, and, you know, there was a, uh, there was a period of like a week leading in the signing day. Cause I knew I wanted to sign early. Cause I, I knew I wanted to enroll early uh, and just get that jump start on college. But um, there was a week there where I was struggling. Like I didn't, I didn't know where I wanted to go um, at the, at the, the day of signing day. I think we only had like three or four coaches hired and coach Holt, the running backs coach was the only offensive coach um that was hired so i didn't have an oc yet didn't have a wide receiver coach so i wasn't did you have to any i gotta ask you i gotta ask you did you have any insight into the hiring process or any idea of who it might be or you had no idea who was going to be? um as far as offensive coordinator i was pretty sure it was going to be tyler bowen um but he was still with the Jags. And so there was no way we weren't supposed to communicate at all um, just because of his contract with them and everything. Coach Pride told me it's probably going to be this dude, Tyler Bowen. So I did my research, you know, watch his games and stuff, but no, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk to him. And then uh, no clue who the wide receiver coach was going to be. Uh, they didn't even have a, they weren't even sure about him. They gave me like four dudes who they thought it could be. And it ended up not being any of those. <laughs> so that shows, you know, I, I mean, I just didn't know. Um, but it was cool because I remember like when I finally made that decision on signing day, it came down to like, I had talked to coach Pry so many times. And that last time I was, when I, when I decided to sign with, with tech and, and, and stay committed and, you know, uh, and move on. I just remember like telling myself and then all, also telling coach Pry, uh, like, I trust you, you know? Um, and there was just a level of, of trust there that he hadn't even really built with me through experience. That was just something that I knew like, okay, I'm going to have to put my trust in this dude and hopefully he's going to, you know, he's going to get the right people in. Um, 
and obviously I, I think he did. Um, it came down to it. And, you know, I signed my letter without an OC, without a wide receiver coach, um, trusted that he was going to get the right people in there. Um, and, you know, I love Coach Pry. I've grown to love him. I barely even knew him then. Um, and just knowing him better and better now, like, I'm glad that I put that trust in him because, um, you know, he, he took it and he handled it the right way. There was a lot of us doing that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was that. It was just putting a level of trust in Coach Pry. But then the other thing was so many times people would tell me, um, where would you go to school if it wasn't for football? Which it is for, for like, it comes down to it. Like I'm playing football, right. but, right. I, but at the same time, you know, like at the end of the day, I felt like I could be a normal student at Virginia tech. It felt like home. When I say that, I don't mean like home in general. I mean, like it felt like where I'm from in North Carolina. Uh, it felt like the people there were my type of people. Um, and it felt like I just got along and fit in. Um, and then you can't, can't, uh, can't turn down like Enter Sandman and Lane Stadium and dude just living and and playing in a, a football a football town and a, you know a football supporting school. So, so when you get to Virginia Tech, what is the biggest difference that you noticed about both your day to day life and then practice and the game that you were playing? The biggest thing that jumped out to you for both? Yeah. Well, I would say one thing I've noticed since I've been there and, you know, we had, I was an early enrollee and then we had more freshmen come in in the summer, uh, like normal, normal role enrollees. And then even the way they've handled recruits and the dudes who are coming in this week, you know, our early enrollees for the 2023 class, uh, it's, it's a kind of different than how we were handled because again, all those coaches were getting there at the same time we were, you know? Um, and so we honestly were just kind of, I'm not going to say we were thrown in. We had plenty of support. Like, don't get me wrong. They did a great job with how fast the turnover was and, and everything going on. But um, compared to, I would say like the freshmen that came in in the summer. And I think like these incoming freshmen, uh, it was more so just like, all right, we're here. Like the coaches are just getting here. It's new. We got to go. Like we kind of just got thrown in with every, everyone else. Um, which was tough, but I think it, you know, it grew, char- it grew character and it, and it, it, uh, it made me grow and stretch as a person, you know, I was very uncomfortable here, but in a good way, in a way that was making me grow. Um, and so I would say the biggest, just the biggest change and stretch for me was, was learning how to balance, um, learning how to balance active, like a higher level of academics, uh, as well as, I'm playing division one power five football, like, and then at the same time, like the social aspect of things, um, I come from a super small area. So just being around that, you know, that many people all the time and, um, making new friends, but also trying to stay locked in on doing well and at school. But then as, uh, you know, at the same time, like I'm playing football, I gotta be locked in. Like I, I knew I had to get better in a lot of areas. So I just try to put my head down and, and just go to work and grow, you know? Another thing, uh, let's talk a little bit about the season here. So midway through the season, one of the most maligned groups across the entire program was the punt return team. We were shifting players. We were shifting the way that we did it. The numbers weren't great. And it, in my opinion, was one of the best turnarounds that we saw on any unit. 
uh, on the entire mm-hmm. football season last year. And it's not as simple. I want to give you your flowers, but I also want to say it's not as simple as just, oh, well, we put a new punt returner back there. So now everything's good. Yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So can you just talk about some of the problems that you all saw early and some of the adjustments that you made, whether it was personnel-wise, scheme-wise, to make that unit, mm-hmm. honestly, one of the better units in the conference for the last few weeks of the season? Yeah. Um, you know, they, I mean, like you said, we just uh, – we, we weren't really producing on the punt return team um, early on. And, you know, that was, that was one of those things that I think it's, is it kind of goes back to, all right, new coaches, they're still getting to know the players. Um, like whether it's the returner or the dudes um, blocking on the chase team, whatever. Like uh, I felt like throughout the first half of the season, they're still trying to figure out, you know, like, who's going to be the best to put back there, who's going to be the best to put on that team, um, who's going to, you know, try to go block the punt. I mean, you know, we had a we had a block punt not not too long before that, and that was like a personnel change that happened that week uh, with P.J. Prelude. So, um, you know, it was one of those things that I personally think the coaches and the players are still, like, learning each other, um, which towards the end of the season you saw, you know, I think – from my perspective and everyone else's, at least on the team, like we started to really click better as far as player to coach uh, relationships um, and player to player relationships. But I feel like, yeah, obviously we were struggling. Everyone knew that um, players knew that coaches knew that. And I knew going in, like I had returned punts in high school, but I wasn't sure that I would in college. Um, but I just, I went to Coach Holt, our special teams coordinator, one day. This was like mid-fall camp, and I was I asked him if I can just start catching punts. Um, and so it was one of those. Wait, of those so that was where, never that was never on the that was never on the on the horizon. Nah, was you being a punt returner? Until you asked, dude. I remember <laughs> in the beginning of the season, um, like in, like when I say mid-camp, like it was towards the end of camp when I even just like started going out there and just catching punts. And for the most part, I was just catching them off the jugs. Like I wasn't even catching them off the left foot because no one thought I was going to return punts. Um, Just, I mean, I was freshman and I'm skinny, tall dude. So, Um, uh, but anyways, so throughout the whole season, um, I mean, I was not returning punts and I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to probably until the, if anything, maybe the one of the four games that I played in my red shirt, which would probably be, towards the end of the season. Um, and so I, pre- but I still prepared like every week, every game, I just would catch like punts before practice and then catch punts after practice and then catch as many, like during our punt period, I'm trying to catch, I'm trying to get in the front line and catch as many as I can. So I'm catching, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of punts throughout the, throughout the season, even though I personally didn't even think I would return a punt this whole season. Um, but I think just, through that, it built trust with the coach, with the coaches. Um, they saw me just catching punts. Uh, they saw how I fielded the ball. And at the end of the day, like, there's no disrespect to whoever is doing it before, or whoever, you know, we put multiple people out there. Not that they weren't capable, but um, I think that just through my preparation, working every single week, catching, you know, hundreds of punts, uh, just, just like anything else, just like I would, just the same thing the same approach I had to, to wide receiver, uh, just preparing the same way every week. Uh, and that built trust with them. And I remember like mid season coach Holt came up to me. Uh, he came up to me like, after, like on a 
the first practice after a game, after a game week. Uh, and I was talking to him and he was like, you know, we, we almost put you back there to, to return punts this week. And that was the first time in my head. I was like, no, I was like, you gotta be playing with me. Like, there's no way. <laughs> but he told me, he was like, he was like, you need to be ready because we're probably gonna put you back there when you play your four games. And I like that blew me away because I just didn't expect to return a punt the whole year. Um, even though I had prepared, like I was going to return every punt. Um, but that was kind of, I was able to flip my mindset there and, and kind of know like, okay, any game, like I could be thrown in there. Um, you know, if we're not producing like we need to, which we haven't been, you know, we were not averaging many punt yard or return yards. Um, and so I kind of started to prepare. I was prepared physically and I started preparing mentally. Um, and then, you know, a few games later, uh, it was like a Sunday meeting and I come in and I sit down. I was just, I was just chilling. I didn't, you know, I just figured it was another Sunday. Here we go. Let's get ready. New game week. I was excited looking over like the, the game plan stuff. And my friend like taps me and like points to the screen. It's the depth chart, you know, and I was number one on the punt return uh, depth chart. And so I looked at him and I was like, like here we go. Like we're going to find out. <laughs> I mean, we're going to find out real fast. Um, so, you know, I feel like me getting the opportunity to go back there, it, it was a mixture. It, it was a mixture between, you know, the coaches are trying to figure out who's going to be best and best in, in these certain positions. You know, they're learning us, we're learning them. Um, no disrespect to whoever returned the rest of the season, but it's just, uh, they kind of got to the point where I was the most prepared guy. And I could confidently say that because I prepared, the, I prepared the most to, to do that. Um, and so, you know, when it came down to it, I was ready to go. Um, like, yeah, it was nerve wracking. I'm a freshman, but I was prepared. You know, there's a difference between being prepared and uh, like nervous when you're confident and you're prepared. That's good nerves. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with some nerves when you're prepared and you're confident um versus being nervous because you're not prepared uh and i had nerves but it, but i knew i was prepared and i told myself that every day going into, into those first games that i was returning so one of the best things about this season if you take the the wins and the losses and, and the close losses out is no matter how much adversity you all faced i never was watching the game and saying like these guys have quit these guys have mm -hmm. given up it was the entire year you were finding ways to keep competing, keep trotting out there. Um, and ultimately, that is what builds the chemistry of winning and builds the chemistry of a successful team. So I wanted to just ask yep. you, like, there's no way around it. Last year was probably very as frustrating as it was to watch. It must have been very difficult to go to practice on Monday after oh, yeah. my three points or go to, go to study hall on a Tuesday. How are you guys able to stay together? What held you guys together? Just kind of talk me through how you guys were able to, to push mm. so much adversity this season. Yeah. Um, what's kind of crazy is being a freshman um, coming out of high school. Like this was the first team that I've ever been on that it, that had faced like adversity like this, that didn't just fall apart. Um, and obviously that's because like we're grown men, like we're, we're professionals and what we do, like, we do this at this high of a level for a reason. Um, and I never even like, it was kind of funny because all along the way at any point, I feel like 
the wheels could have fallen off and I would have just been like, I mean, you know, that's, that's just what happens. That's what had happened in every other team that I've faced adversity, adversity like that with, uh, whether it was in high school or, you know, middle school, whatever. Um, but it was cool. It taught me, it not only, I feel like showed to the fans that like, nah, we don't have quit in us, but also like it, it taught me. And I feel like it taught the rest of, of the team and the coaches as much about each other as it, as it showed on screen or on the field to, to the fans, because, um, I mean, it's like you're saying, I can confirm, like there was never no, there was never quit in, in our team. Um, and it was cool because like, we, we had some tough losses. We had some tough losses, but every, like every single week, there wasn't a week where we didn't come back and practice as hard as we practiced the entire year. Um, and that was cool to see just from my perspective, because that grows my trust and my faith and the players beside me. And then as well as, you know, the coaches, cause they did the same thing. They're coming out, they're coaching us just as hard, if not harder every single week. Um, and so that was awesome. Like that, that, that was awesome for me as a freshman to know like what my team's made out of um, because you can build off of that. You know, that that's like, just like you said, that's, that's the sign of a, of a, a team who's going to build and who's going to be good. Um, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to build off of that. Uh, there's no quit. There's no quit in anyone that's on that team. And if there was, then they're probably not there anymore. Um, and so I can promise you like, but we're going to work our butt off this year. And no matter how any game goes, no matter how like any practice goes, like there's another day we're living another day. If God gives us another day. And when, and when we get that another day, like we're coming back and we're working even harder. Um, and that's how, that was kind of the mentality the whole season was, okay. Like, obviously we're not where we want to be at, but like, let's just see, let's see what we can do, you know? Um, let's see if we can just push it just a little bit more this week. Let's see if we can get better in this area, just a little bit more this week. Um, and I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It, it was, just, there was no quit and it was cool. It was cool because I, like I said, I learned a lot from it just like anyone else would. Um, cause it, it helped me to understand what type of people, not just football players, but what type of like character that my teammates and coaches had. So looking back, it is January 8th. It's a little bit after New Year's, but as you look back on 2022, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you took from last year's season, whether it's on the field, off the field, mm -hmm. whatever, what are some of those uh, takeaways and what are some of the biggest focuses that you have for improvement moving into 2023? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool because I came in early and rolly so I, you know it's like actually a year i was literally there for all of 2022 so it's kind of cool because that was my first year going in the second year now um obviously spring spring and summer is its own thing the training is non-stop and and we're gonna be working our butts off i promise you like we worked our butts off last spring we're gonna be it's, it's gonna be crazy this year uh this spring and this summer but um yeah just looking looking back to the season i see I see now, like as a sophomore, what it takes mentally, as far uh, mentally along with physically, to be successful. Um, for me personally, um, that was somewhere that I was challenged. I feel like more than any other area of my game, coming to Virginia Tech and being here for this year was all right. Like 
everybody's talented physically and athletically. Um, and there is ways like personally, I feel like no one outworks me and I have like two goals for 2023. And my second goal is I'm going to work harder than anyone else in the entire country. Like, and I'm, I'm going to do that. I have no doubt in that. Um, no one's going to spend more time in the facility than I will, but I feel like the area I was stretched the most was mentally because at this level, there's only so much and so much like better you can get athletically, physically, um, which that's still a lot. But I feel like the areas that the game is really one is that mental, that mental, uh, you know, aspect of the game, which is somewhere, uh, which is something somewhere that I need to grow. So my whole, my whole goal, um, as far as football goes, um, like I have my own goals, like spiritually and mentally, and just like how to grow as a man. But um, I feel like my 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 personal goal for me, but then also for this team, um, because like I'm a sophomore now, there's going to be freshmen coming in. Like I'm going to be one of the leaders, you know, whether uh, I should be or not, like I'm going to be, uh, even though I'm still I'm still young. So like my goal for me personally and for our team is just number one, no one's going to outwork us in the entire country. Uh, no one's going to outwork me. And I hope like through doing that, I'm going to bring other people along with me, whether that's a freshman or that's a senior uh, who hops on board with that. And then the other thing is no one's going to do it mentally. Um, the goal is to to watch as much film as I've ever watched this year, just to, to study as many teams that we're going to be playing in the fall as I can. Uh, my goal really is just to understand the mindset and the goals of the coaches um, because they understand what we're trying to do uh, as far as schematically better than, than I do and better than any player does. So that's my goal. Just like understand the mental game and, and, and get better in that area. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I look back on and, and it kind of, it pushed me. And so I kind of want, that's, that's what I want to get better at. Well said. Well said, Tucker Holloway. So now, take a sip of water. This is the fun part. This is the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so these ones are, are just quick, fun questions. Some of them have to do with football. Some of them don't. First one. Okay. What's up? If, if you could go to dinner with four people, dead or alive, from any oh. time period or anything, and you get to pick the restaurant, go ahead and give me your four people. I get to pick a restaurant, too? Yeah. Could be any restaurant anywhere. any restaurant it can be anywhere oh man okay um people i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to go with kobe kobe's one i'm gonna have to go with um i'm gonna pick Martin Luther King. Um, and then uh, this is actually the easiest one. I freaking Jesus. I definitely want Jesus there just to observe. Um, that's definitely number one, actually. And then well, he's just there to observe. He is omnipresent. So he would that's be there anyway. That's true. That's right? a good point. Right? I, don't <laughs> wrong. Wrong. I don't mean to right poke there. a hole in your observation, but he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I want to. I want to be able to ask that man direct questions. Though. Okay. I need. Okay. I need straight. I need him there for real. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's three. 
Uh, is there – you think there's any just like crazy one that I'm missing? I mean, we've had, some, we've had some wild ones. We've uh, had some crazy ones? We've had some wild ones from Taiwan Garba. Uh, and, um, we've had family. Oh, ones. I bet. I uh, bet. We've, I we've bet. had some interesting ones for sure. Yeah. Um, dang. Um, it's a great question. I don't mean to pat myself on the back. It is a good question. It is. like Because that's <laughs> four, four is a lot. Four is a lot. And there's so many. But there's so mm-hmm. many people. Um, could be a celebrity crush. It could be a musician you really like. Uh, um, yeah. It could be. Um, I mean, it's up to you. Could be mom. Could be mom. Um, give me. Give me. Uh, man, give me. Give me Tom Brady. Let's go with okay. the okay. Okay. I just want. I just want to pick his brain. Where are you going? Where are you going? That's to eat? all right. That's all right. Well, we definitely want to sit down. We want to take some time, as much time as we can spend. Uh, I personally have never eaten at like a bougie restaurant. <laughs> I don't think so, but I'm going somewhere nice, bro. We're spending, we're spending like with all them going. Yeah, yeah we're spending a lot of money. <laughs> Someone will pick up the tab. Somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody will one of them. Somebody's yeah. gonna pick up the tab. But we're going somewhere nice. I couldn't even name a nice restaurant like that because because I've never been, but. Uh, we're going somewhere uh, like top of New York City or something. <laughs> who is uh, who are a couple players, coaches, or mentors that really helped you out last year at Tech? Last year at Tech. Okay. Um, uh, first, first, like at the end of the day, I'm all. Even though like he wasn't present at Tech all the time, like first I always go back to my dad. Um, and like, I'm not going to elaborate on that a lot, but, uh, my dad's been there. Both my, both my parents, I should say my parents, because like my mom came and visited me even more times than my dad and just like spent quality time with me, uh, to make sure I was doing good, you know, make sure I was straight. Um, but yeah, so my parents definitely number one, um, like my tech family, that's family away from family. Like, don't get me wrong, but my parents, my family, I'm a family man. I come from a big family. Um, you know, I got a lot of siblings. That's why I love being home to spending time with them. But um, that'll be my parents. And then we moved to more so tech. Um, there's a few people in the community, uh, a few people I go to church with who have just invested into me and made sure that I'm straight, like spiritually and mentally. Um, and then... I would say from the tech side of things, people who really like Sons of Saturday people would know. Um, I mean, just just this small things from the coaches checking in. Um, like it's it's a cool balance because at the end of the day, like the coaches, the coaches are getting paid to get production out of you. And like they're getting paid to make you as good as you can get, uh, as good as you can be. And so they have a job to do. Uh, so they're, they're by no means they're soft or, or, um, like I never felt like they care for me too much, you know, or like they're, they're being too soft. They're being too loving. There's always like a firm hand that from the coaches that's like, all right, like you got to be better here. You got to get better. You got to whatever. But at the same time, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the support staff, like you always have the support that you need. Um, 
And just having that in general, not one specific person, but just people checking up throughout the semester, checking up throughout the summer. Um, you know, it, it, it's good to have that and to know, like, I may not be using all those resources all the time, but they're there, you know, and they, they care. They want, they want the best for me. Um, and then, bro, I would just say at the end of the day, my friends, like my friends is what gets me through the day. Um, my best friend, he's a, he's a tight end, Harrison St. Germain. That's like, that's my dog from the beginning. We came in together. We do everything together. If you see us, if you see one of us in the facility, the other one's there. Like we're both there. We get there in the morning. We don't leave till late at night. Um, like you'll, you won't see anyone in the facility more than you see us. Um, and so just having somebody that's like equally uh, as determined as I am, that helped me um, personally just to, to have someone that's going to be alongside, you know, the process every step of the way, because uh, coaches are great. People around you are great, but you're not eating every meal with coaches. You're not, you know, going to the dorms and going to sleep at night with the coaches. Like they're not sleeping. They're not eating. They're not brushing their teeth. Y'all ain't using the same bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're living with these people. Um, and so my friends, like they, bro, they got me through everything. Harrison and, uh, and Luke Shields, like that's my that's my guys. We'll be living together, but um, and 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 in the summer, but uh, yeah, they this just friends, and that's what tech's all about, you know. That's what makes it home. People always say it's home. It's because of people, and so that's what that's what really got me through. My friends, the people. If you were bringing your people or your friends back to Andrews, North Carolina, you've already painted it as being a small town, but what are like, yep. where, where do you have to go eat and what do you have to go do? Mm. All right. So, oh yeah, I've already thought about this cause it's going to happen. So I'm going to get my people down here, but number one, uh, we got to go eat at, we got to go eat at burger basket. Um, that's like a little burger joint here. And when I say small town, bro, like I live in a small town, like our McDonald's closed like three years ago. Like, that's what I mean when I say small town. Like, I live in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, but it's beautiful. That's what I love. Like, I love it. Like, I say small town, and I say that to say that I love where I live. And that's why I chose, like, Tech, which is a little bit smaller. It's not as big as Nashville or, you know, Knoxville or something like that. But so we're going to eat at the burger joint. And then uh, we're going, bro, we're going to the lake. And we're going like cliff jumping. So, you know, where I live, it's in the mountains. So even the even the lakes are like are like pretty much just puddles of water, like in and mountains. So they're super deep and there's cliffs all around them. So we're definitely going cliff jumping. We're gonna get on the boats, we're gonna whatever, tube, wakeboard, any type, any type of stuff like that. And then uh we definitely gotta go down the the Nanahalo River. That's like a giant, massive tourist attraction around here. Like um, camp, hamburgers and, and uh, cliff jumping. Oh, and oh yeah. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Nice. I mean, so because my, my family, so I'm actually here right now at Snowbird Wilderness Alfred. It's just a camp that my parents uh, and my family started, founded in 1997. So, like, we're all about, like, outdoor adventure, like, wilderness, crazy stuff. So, uh, we got, like, the best recreation any any of any camp anywhere around so Wait again what's it called plug it one more time snowbird wilderness outfitters okay 
Okay. Like, yeah, it's a spot. So we definitely come in here. After all that, we're riding wreck. We got swing zip lines. We got paintball, laser tag, all types of stuff like that. Just hang out. We got basketball courts. We're going to come back here hoop. Got to hoop till like 1, 2 a.m. against campers here. Um, and then, oh, man, I don't know. You know, just it's enjoy it. Maybe. Did it. Yeah. A full day. We might go on a bro. We gotta go see the mountain. We gotta watch. Oh, we ended actually before before the basketball night. We were ending it with the with the sunset. Okay. We gotta watch the sunset. That's like that's like mine and my friends thing. So mm-hmm. like we do that in Blacksburg, and when it's the summer and we're not you know practicing till it's dark, and you can catch us every single night watching the sunset. Like we we'll go get our food, watch sunset. So we end of the day like that here. Cause it's different in the mountains, different type so, of sunset. Something, something I've been a little disappointed by, not by you, um, but by other folks that I've interviewed is a big thing that we would do in the summertime. And, and I'll, I'll remind you guys in the summertime, but uh, you got to go down to new river junction. It's over by McCoy. So it's by the driving range. Yeah. I've and heard uh, if you go down to Floyd, there's a place where you can go and you park and uh, they have these tubes and you float like, Five or six miles down the river. It takes like five. Oh, yeah. And then you can stop, and there's a great place for you to jump into. You tie your tubes there. You do a bonfire there at night. Dude. Nobody's heard yes. of it, and everybody needs Bro. to do that. So in the summer, hey, time, I've heard of it. I've heard okay. of it. Okay. Someone at my church in Blacksburg told me about that, and they were like, Bro, I know the type of stuff you like to do when your family does. They're like, You got to do this. Yes. So I'm going to have to hit that in the summer. Yes. Yeah. So that, right. that's a good one. And then another one is, uh, I remember my, I think it was my sophomore year, my freshman year, uh, Michael Brewer would always go down and he would uh, park one truck at the top and another truck at the bottom and we'd kayak down um, the McCoy. And I went with him, my brother and myself, we had three kayaks and between the three of us, we caught 115 bass by just doing uh, spinners over over like a six grade. Oh my God, 115? It was awesome. It was awesome. Nah, dude, you gotta, I gotta you do gotta that. Gotta add that. To Heck, yeah. Um, who has is a good one. Who has the weirdest pregame routine? I heard about Dax's yellow underpants. Yes. So we've heard that one already. But who else has a weird a weird routine? Mm. <clears throat> now, nah, what's funny though is I did I listened to the podcast that Dax mm. did, and I listened like to that section. And I was like, I might do the cold shower thing, but I'm not wearing the same freaking <laughs> underwear, pink underwear for my entire career. I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> but it was funny. Um, dang, let me think. Uh, dude, there's – I feel like I don't know our whole team good enough to say, like, like to know, like, some real weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say – one of the weirdest things for like to me that I, I don't understand, I, I kind of understand because like get some warmed up, but dudes will sit in the hot tub for like 30 minutes. Get all pruny before they get all like, like, like slimy and nasty. I don't like that. That's not my, like, like I get, they're trying to get their body warm, mm-hmm. but, but dude, that's not my thing. The, the hot tub is kind of nasty. Get all like soft yeah, and I wouldn't like, that. I feel like, I feel like this is nasty, but you know, there's some other small things, some 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 funny stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. All the wide receivers, we always play FIFA the night before. Oh, we all we all go to the same room, hang out. Mm-hmm. That's more like a fun one, like you know, cool stuff. That's nothing really weird, but right. 
I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some weird stuff, but I don't like in my friend group, there's nothing that I'm like, dude, you need to stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But so I don't know. Well, uh, Could you be the weird one? Do you have any weird uh, superstitions or stuff that you do before mm, a game? I wouldn't say I have anything weird, but I am like very particular. Okay. So like I got to have all all the right stuff. If I leave anything or like if there's if I don't have something and I don't get it before the game, it throws me off a little bit. I can't mm-hmm. say it don't. Um and it could be something small that really ain't even gonna affect my game that much. But uh yeah, I gotta have like the same okay, when I say the same stuff, I don't mean the same pink underwear for four years right, right. college or five years of college, whatever. But like for the season at least, I need the same like the same underwear, the same like compressions, knee pads, thigh pads. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I got the same gloves I've been wearing. At practice all week, I'll just get a brand new pair of those. Um, but they got to be the same, like, color, same uh, exact glove, whether it's padded or non-padded that I've been wearing the whole week. Um, and then, you know, it's just small stuff, like like spending time just being quiet, mm-hmm. spending time in prayer, preparing mentally for the game. Because, like I said, it's a mental battle as much as anything. Um yeah, I got to get my time alone. Probably, like, a shower in the morning. I got to get a hot shower in the morning, get my blood flowing. You know, it's pretty normal stuff for me. But it, it's uh, there's nothing that, that stands out that's weird. But I do a lot of stuff that has to be the same every week um, for me to at least feel good, you know. Last two. Um, who is the player in your class or in the wide receiver room that no one is talking about? that is going to have a big year next year? Next year? Um, I personally feel like uh, – and I'm not – yeah, because we're talking about people who aren't being talked about. I'm going to go with uh, – I think Stephen Gosnell is one of the crafty – I think he's personally the craftiest dude in our room. Um, most people don't see him as a real crafty dude because he's not super fast. Even though he's working on it, he would hate that I even said that. Um, but but he, the way he manipulates defenders and manipulates his routes, as well as I'm like, he's kind of like big brother to me because uh, the way he breaks down coverages and breaks down things mentally, he processes the game really well. Uh, he, he also just processes in the middle of his route, like things he's going to do, ways he's going to manipulate his defender. He usually wins all of his one-on-one stuff like that. Um, he's just a great player, and he does things the right way. I think that'll that'll lead to him having a good season. Um, he's not the flat. He's not like the flashy dude that you're going to see, you know, just like go off and and make ten defenders miss and have a, a hundred, you know, a sixty-yard touchdown off of a, a slant or anything like that. Um, but I feel like if anyone is going to just put in the work and be the most prepared and other than me, uh, that it's him. And if he, if he gets faster, then combines that with how crafty and smooth he is, he's going to be dangerous. And last one that I have for you, what is your favorite non-football memory that you made in your freshman year? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going back, going back to it. It's a hundred percent, uh, in the summer, 
going like when I say every night, bro, I mean like every single night we're watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. Like me and my friends. And it could be a good like, you know, like I got my like my best friends Harrison. It could have just been me and him. Uh we're just chilling up there. We always get food, so we go get Chipotle or so where do you go? I know, I know, I know where yep, I used yep, to go. Yep. I used to go over by the airport, or I'd do it over at McCoy. But I, I know that parking garage is like a new spot that a lot of people go. So to. So that's why I started that. I okay. started that way, just so you know. Okay. Because like no one was going, and I, me and Harrison had been going the whole like end of the spring, and then we get when we got back in the summer, we started going, and then when like all the other sports and uh, and people got there. They started coming with us. So we, I took like 15 people, 20 people up there sometimes. But then we actually graduated from that. So we moved on. Some people still go there, but we moved on to – So we go to the – yeah, we graduated from the, the parking garage. We found a better spot, which I found a parking garage just ran, walk, like driving around. But I didn't find the new spot. So the new spot, a lot of people already know about. A lot of people go. It's, we just call it the hill. It's the it's like the Blacksburg Golf Course or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's way up there on the top, um, and there's benches up there. And by the end of the day, nobody's playing golf anymore. There might be one or two people, and the owners are fine with you going up there and sitting watching. And it pretty much it's just the upgraded version of the garage because it's actually like way past the garage, just up the hill. So uh, you can see pretty much all of Blacksburg. But that's that's the the best memory I made. Uh, just throughout this year because it was a it was a time of relaxation and, and like peace of mind for me with everything we go through every day and all the training all the preparation all the uh, academic stuff uh, that was a time for me to just sit we eat our food and not talk like we're just chilling we're just watching the sunset and it was a way to that was kind of me saying like all right my day's done like I put in a good day's work you know, I get to chill, relax, be proud of the work we've done. Um, so that's that's got to that's got to be my favorite. Like that's that's my favorite memory. Tucker, it's been awesome, man. And uh, yeah, those were some of the best memories that I had back uh, back in my time, just hanging out with the people you love after a hard. Yeah, that's right. That's earned, right. Uh, earn the end of the day. I would suggest you're a sunset guy. person. San Diego does have the best sunsets. Just gonna San tell Diego. You. It's uh, the stuff. I lived out there for uh, for six months last year, or two, I guess mm-hmm. it's two years ago now. And the sun doesn't go, doesn't rise over the water; it sets over the water, so you don't okay. have to wake up early. It's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit better from the sun. All right, so it's all um, the sunset. Huh? But uh, Tucker, yeah, thank you so much for joining the show. We hope to have you on again. Uh, it's been a ton of fun watching you grow and uh, getting to love Blacksburg as much as I did back in my yep. time there. So uh, take us out. This is your time. Sharky shout outs, shout out whoever you'd like to shout out, let people know where they can find you on social media and that'll do it for the show. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Um, everything Sons of Saturday does is fun. Everybody loves Sons of Saturday. Um, what they mean to the community, whether that's a football community or just the whole Blacksburg community in general, um it's cool it's cool to see what what y'all have done um and it's it's brought a lot of people together even just through the social media the podcast whatever it is um and i really appreciate you know y'all having me it means a lot it's an honor so um thank you and then thank you uh, damn that must have been that might have been the, the nicest uh nicest shot i appreciate that <laughs> yes sir i got y'all hey y'all, y'all know what's up some of the saturdays where it's at but um yeah nah just 
you know, I'll, I'll just say, like, last thing, I ain't got no shout-outs or nothing. I just say to the fans, like, we love y'all, and we're going to get this thing right. Like, that's what I can say. Um, I can look anybody in the eye and say nobody's going to outwork me personally. I can say that, and I feel like I can say that about our team. Um, we got a long spring and summer of preparation that's going to lead into September. Um, but we're going to get this thing right. Um, we're getting the right people. You can look at the people we're bringing in, look at the people uh, that are already here, that the new coaches are bringing in, that the people that are on the coaching staff, like it's the type of people you want leading your program. Um, and I think everybody already knows that, but just to reiterate after, you know, a long tough season, like we're going to get this thing right. Um, and it's going to take time. Just be patient uh, as much as you want it. And y'all want it now, like, I promise you the players and the coaches, we want it 100 times more than that um, because we're the, we're putting in the work every day. We're there every day. We're, uh, we're working our butts off, and we're, we're going to get it right. So, um, you know, just for the fans, stay, stay faithful. Keep cheering us on. We need that support more than y'all understand. So, you know, appreciate everything, and go Hokies. Well said, Tucker. Best of luck and uh, safe travels back to Blacksburg, and you have a fantastic spring. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Take care. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. All she said is, what you're thinking Please don't go Let's sink and trash your friend's place Wake up the next day And do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you And say Take a hit.